Voters in Kenya are choosing a new president, but could that lead to disruption? The risks of election unrest and violence will peak following the announcement of the election results. If you're in the vicinity of unrest, you may be exposed to incidental and potentially direct risks of violence and physical harm. Coming up, a briefing on Kenya's election. What's going to happen and when? And what you need to do to be prepared. Kenya's Elections, a new podcast from International SOS. Hello, I'm Paul Osborne. Kenya is one of the few countries in Eastern Africa to have made significant democratic progress in recent decades. While there have been peaceful transfers of power, past elections have also seen significant unrest and violence. Post-election violence 15 years ago saw more than a thousand deaths and more than half a million people forced from their homes. So this year's elections are being closely monitored, not least by teams from International SOS. Salome Odiambo is our lead analyst for Eastern and Southern Africa. When I spoke to her... She started by explaining the background to these elections. People will be voting to elect the next president, as well as members of the National Assembly, the Senate, as well as county-level assemblies. While the parliamentary and county-level elections are significant, international and domestic attention is largely focused on the presidential vote. And this isn't only because presidential elections in Kenya have a long history of being contentious, but because there will be a change in the national government as the current president, Uhuru Kenyatta, who's been in office since 2013, he will be completing his second and final constitutionally allowed term. There are a number of candidates running, but two are seen as the front runners. Yes. So the Electoral Commission has cleared four candidates to run in the presidential vote, namely the current deputy president, William Ruto, the former Prime Minister Raila Odinga, a well-known lawyer and church minister called David Waihiga, as well as a professor named George Wajakoya. However, the presidential election will be a two-way race between William Ruto and Raila Odinga. And the largest polling data places support for both candidates well above the 40% mark, while support for Waihiga and Wajakoya is currently placed around 2%. This doesn't, however, mean that the two other candidates are not important, as their ability to gain even a small percentage of votes may present an impediment to either Ruta or Odinga winning the election in a single round and thereby prompting a runoff vote. And that could itself lead to some of the difficulties that we'll be talking about in a moment. First, though, just explain to me why is this election so important? Well, elections are always an important test of democracy. You know, Kenya is one of the few East African countries that has experienced several democratic transfers of power. And over the years, the country has made a number of institutional reforms that have shown a commitment to such principles. However, the country still has some way to go, particularly in terms of the strength and independence of its institutions, the effectiveness of governance, political accountability and the like. You mentioned a short time ago that elections in the past in Kenya have been very contentious, there's been unrest and at times significant violence. Do those tensions still remain? Absolutely. There are certainly still tensions and these could spark unrest and violence during these upcoming elections. Historically, unrest and violence within Kenyan elections has been driven by ethnic and political tensions between the main ethnic groups backing key candidates. This is because we still see the dominance of personality politics. Much of the population still votes along ethnic lines. And because in some instances, unrest and violence has been instigated by political actors. 
ahead of the upcoming vote, these tensions are still elevated. The election will be a close race between Ruto and Odinga, which in itself is a catalyst for unrest, and especially given how charged these elections currently are, and because we do expect the losing candidate to challenge the results and probably level accusations of electoral interference, which has previously sparked violent unrest. Additionally, we continue to see occasional local reports of threats of violence being issued between ethnic groups backing rival candidates, and social media and monitoring platforms also continue to report that discriminatory posts that risk fueling tensions and violence are being uploaded. We do expect to see pockets of ethno-political violence during the election period. However, a widespread and prolonged deterioration of the security environment, comparable to, say, the 2007 elections, is unlikely. Tensions are lower this time around, and the pre-election period has seen less unrest compared to previous elections. There are some significant economic problems in Kenya at the moment. They could have an impact on the election, obviously, but could themselves trigger demonstrations? Absolutely. The election comes amid high levels of economic discontent within Kenya. In recent years, the cost of living has increased significantly. Additionally, we're seeing that personal debt is rising and the country is also facing a severe drought, which will continue to have notable negative impacts on food security and livelihoods. What we are seeing now is that economic issues are carrying far more significance amongst voters compared to previous elections. And while thus far we've recorded few protests linked to socioeconomic grievances, we have seen some calls from activists to boycott the vote to pressure the government to address these challenges. Kenya's election process is quite lengthy, isn't it? There's a gap between the voting, the announcement of the results. There could be a runoff as well. Are there specific points there where you will be particularly concerned about a trigger for a deterioration? Yes, absolutely. So we'll have the voting day on the 9th and On this day, relative calm is anticipated and in the days immediately following during vote counting and certification. There's still a risk of low-level scaffolds at polling stations between rival supporters. However, in terms of key periods that we're concerned about, the risks of election unrest and violence will peak following the announcement of the election results. This is expected sometime between the 15th and the end of August. Constitutionally, the results should be released within days of the vote, but these are commonly delayed. And once the results are released, we do expect to see localised bouts of unrest and violence. This includes incidents such as unruly protests, rioting, looting, mob violence, clashes between rival political or ethnic groups, as well as targeted killings. And if the losing candidate or the respective political blocs reject the vote, allege irregularities, call for supporters to demonstrate or even just make inflammatory statements, the risks thereof will rise. Conversely, however, if we do see the losing candidate accept the results and concede, the risks will reduce. During that period of the election, what are the main concerns for businesses that are operating inside Kenya? Well, there will be a general slowdown of business operations ahead of polling day and immediately after. Businesses, shops, government offices, schools and the like will mostly close on polling day and some may remain shut in the days following. You can also expect some level of logistical disruption during this period. An increased police presence can be anticipated countrywide during the election period. And in areas affected by unrest, an increased police presence, checkpoints and roadblocks may be implemented. In areas where we do see intense prolonged unrest, shops will likely close, logistic networks would be disrupted. And so then we may see localized shortages of essential goods such as food, medicine, water and fuel. 
In terms of unrest, this is a real risk during these elections. And while rural areas would be most affected, the risks in urban areas should not be neglected because if you're in the vicinity of unrest, you may be exposed to incidental and potentially direct risks of violence and physical harm. Are there specific potential hotspots where you're especially concerned? We expect most unrest to occur in traditional hotspots in western and central Kenya, as well as in Mombasa County. So this includes counties such as Nakuru, Kisumu, Wasingishu, as well as Nairobi. But in major urban centres such as Nairobi, most unrest will occur in low-income high-density areas, such as in the case of Nairobi, Madhari, Kibera, and relatively secure areas where most business travellers visit, where most expatriate communities reside, and where many organisations and diplomatic missions are based, will be minimally affected. So what should those organisations that are operating in Kenya be doing now to prepare for the election period? Well, the election really requires close monitoring of the situation and ensuring that plans such as escalation plans, incident and emergency response plans, as well as business continuity plans are kept up to date and are realistic. In other words, organisations should conduct organisation-specific risk assessments and identify specific triggers and ensure that plans are in place to minimise disruption to your operations, the risks to your workforce and assets, as well as respond to emergencies. These should be developed to address a variety of scenarios, as well as changes in the local environment, and take into consideration unrest and violence risks, and disruption to business operations, communications, and logistical networks. Some practical tips I might offer include considering work-from-home policies for workforce and hotspot counties, and for those who have profile-specific concerns, particularly those related to ethnicity as well as maintaining lists, contact details and locations of workforce, establishing means of communication and receiving important updates from workforce, such as chat groups, and identifying in advance safe haven locations where you can relocate your workforce or evacuate your workforce if these are required. And as we move into the election period, what are you and the rest of the team at International SOS doing to prepare Well, as part of our election preparedness, I recently conducted a trip to Kenya to refresh our assessment of the security environment, assess secure accommodation options and local security and ground transport providers, as well as meet with some local information sources and gather some ground truths. Over the past few months, we've also published several client-facing alerts and reports detailing our assessments of the risks surrounding the elections to help risk managers and their workforce better prepare. We've also developed an election briefing pack, which is a very practical guide for preparing for the elections and includes our assessment, advice for decision makers and employees, as well as escalation and evacuation advice, amongst others. This pack is available to our subscribers on request. In addition to these, we also still have our 24-7 medical and security teams, where we have analysts who are dedicated to closely monitoring developments in Kenya, publishing relevant and regular updates and key developments and responding to requests for information as well as assistance. International SOS's lead analyst for Eastern and Southern Africa, Salome Odiambo. As she was saying, International SOS is closely monitoring developments in Kenya and as the election plays out, clients can access the latest information and advice from the website internationalsos.com. And of course, there's more help available from our network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. For now, though, thanks very much for listening, and until next time, goodbye.